Mindfulness Mode 113. But the more you tune into the problem, the more you're tuning out of the solution. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Would you like to learn more ways to become relaxed, to reduce stress, let go of overwhelm? Sign up for the free Relax and Breathe Summit. I'm honored to be a speaker, along with more than 20 other experts. Get free bonuses, too. Sign up at relaxandbreathesummit.com forward slash Bruce Langford. Or click on the link in our show notes. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Nicole Holland on the line today. Hey, Nicole, are you in mindfulness mode? I am so in mindfulness mode, Bruce. Oh, and I feel mindful just listening to you. Nicole (laughs) Holland helps her clients use strategies to become productive and inspired. Through her podcast, The Business Building Rockstars Show, Nicole helps entrepreneurs build profitable and exciting online businesses. Nicole believes that there's no right way to do anything unless it feels good to you. And she believes that being mindful is a great place to start. So, Nicole, tell us, what does mindfulness mean to you? That's a great question. And I I just want to say before I answer that, I'm so appreciative of you having me on the show. I love your show. I love what you're about. I love the message that you're spreading and the work that you're doing. And it's such a pleasure to be able to share with you and your audience that for me, mindfulness is just being aware in touch with your inner knowing and being present, um, yeah, <laughs> that's for me, that's what mindfulness is, being present, being aware in your own life. Yeah, well, being present is so important. But if, what if we had somebody listening in Mindful Tribe today and they're saying, well, what does that really mean being present? Can you expand on that, Nicole? Absolutely. So a lot of times we'll get caught up. We tend to, you know, as we grow up, as we experience our circumstances, we tend to get caught up in what's happening around us and tuning into the news and you say, okay, well, I have to be informed and tuning into the drama, uh, you know, at the workplace or in the family or wherever. And we, as we tune into these different messages and they're getting louder in our life, we're tuning out of our own messages, that that inner knowing and that inner calling. Um, and being present to me is turning down the noise that's external and turning up the volume that's internal and being aware of how I feel and what I'm doing. And as I'm eating, really appreciating what I'm eating and the flavors and where it came from and just being in a space of gratitude and appreciation of all of the blessings that I do have opposed to looking at all the problems externally because and even internally you know a lot of times we'll go well I'm sick or I'm this or I'm that and hey I've gone through that but the more you tune into the problem the more you're tuning out of the solution and so for me that's what presence is and and mindfulness as well goes with that. 
So, Nicole, have you always been such an amazingly vibrant person? <laughs> you know what? I appreciate that compliment. Um, and I want to say yes. I I think I was really born with this very strong personality. Um, that's not always preferred, though, uh, from children or from adults. And I know you've done a lot of work um, around bullying. And I think it comes from not just necessarily other kids, but society in general. And I had a very strong personality and I was happy. And I mean, I used to see pictures of me as very young and I was like always happy, but then you get beat down. And if you've got too vibrant of a personality or too much life, I guess people don't like that. And so um, it's something that I contended with most of my life. And for many, many years, I muted myself. And it's just really recently um, with the incarnation of my business that I have right now that I said, you know what? I am good with me. I love me. And I'm not going to worry about the people who don't because they're not my problem. And, you know, we talk about mind over matter. And if you don't mind, it really doesn't matter. And I think the more we pay attention to the messages of what we should do, the more, again, we tune out our inner knowing and, and our, our, our connection with source and God or whatever you believe in. And so, no, all of my life I have not had this bold, bolstering personality uh, or boisterous personality, but I was brought into this world with it. And I am really happy to have gotten back in touch with myself to where I can live my way on my terms as myself and I'm not worried about people that don't like me. That is not an easy place to arrive at. Some people I find they get beat down and then they get beat down more and then they can't pull themselves back up. But you help to pull others back up. How did you pull yourself back up first? Yeah, thank you. And I want to say so to you. And that's why I love your show so much because it really is about spreading the message that anything's possible. Um, I don't believe in can't. I believe in won't. And I believe in can't see the forest for the trees. I believe that we get into a place where we're so disconnected. We're so out of mindfulness. Um, I, For me, it was I was working in prison. I worked for the Ontario government as a correctional officer and I, I was uh, I was working in a facility that was very toxic, and it was a progression over years to get there. And I was at a point where nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. I was so sick; sometimes I couldn't walk. My entire body would be blistered. I was in excruciating pain, and this went on progressively, getting worse for about three years. Um, and emotionally, I was drained. Spiritually, I was drained. In every way, I was drained. And I was so drained that I didn't even know it. I knew I was not happy. And I knew that I didn't want to be there. But I didn't know. I didn't know what I did want. I was just at this really low place, probably the lowest place of my life. And something had happened New Year's Eve uh, 20. Oh my gosh, we're in 20. 16 now, 
15, 13. So 2013, New Year's Eve, I was working um, a shift overnight and I was in what we called segregation. And it was a place where the prisoners who were not behaving properly um, would go to get away from the general population. And it was a bad night. It was the worst shift of my life. And the things that I was hearing and seeing and experiencing were pretty awful. And I remember that night making a promise to myself because I had been working for the OPS for a number of years and I was always working uh, New Year's Eve. And after midnight there, I said, you know what? This is the last New Year's Eve. This is the last year. So it's 2014 now. This is the last New Year's Day I will ever be in this place. And I made a commitment to myself to get out of there by the end of the year. But things happened and I forgot. And I went through the regular routines of getting up and making my lunches and whatever, going to work and going through the motions and getting off and being miserable and doing it again and doing it again and doing it again. And all of a sudden, it was just before Christmas of 2014. And wait, 20, 24, 5, 2014. Oh my gosh, I don't know my years right now. It was just before Christmas. It was like around Thanksgiving time. Um, and they put out the schedule for the the last, you know, for the holiday season. And I was on the schedule to work New Year's Eve. And that just triggered me. And I was like, whoa, that's not going to happen. I made a promise to myself like almost a year ago that I wouldn't do this again. And, um, so that was, that was it. I went to the computer and I wrote my super, my resignation and I said, I'm done. And thank you for having a facility that's this bad that I don't know what's next, but I, if I would have never come here, I probably would retire as an officer and I'm, I'm not going to spend another year here. I'm not going to spend any more time here. So I put in my resignation. Wow. What a story. Wow. And, and then you just did not know where you were going. You did not know where you were headed. What was next? What came next? Oh gosh. It's just such a process of reconnecting with myself and it was not fun and it was not easy. It was expensive and it was exhausting. Um, and I'm so grateful that I made that decision to do that at that time. So that was, I get all the years confused, but that was December 28th, 2014, I guess was my last official day as an officer. And I jumped in, I had no online presence. I had no connections. I had no, I had been out of business for years. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew what I wasn't going to do. And so I just started diving in and started learning about social media. I started learning about how can I get back to coaching because I used to be a coach, right? And how can I do this now where I'm at? And how can I leverage social, um, not social media, but the internet to connect with people outside of where I'm at and to serve people. And so I just started immersing myself in education and, um, I invested in some very expensive programs and I started, you know, trying to follow their directions because I was like desperate. I was desperate to get the answer, right? Because there was an answer that I didn't know what it was. I just knew I was feeling stuck and I was feeling lost and I just needed direction. 
And I kept trying and trying and trying and none of it worked until finally something just snapped. And I was like, all this is bull. And my my perception is bull because I'm looking externally for somebody else to give me an answer. And all this time for all these years, I've been going to the answers outside of myself that don't have anything to do with me. And so that was the point. And I can't tell you a date or anything, but it really was like uh, the flip of a switch where I was like, what am I doing? And I just slowly but surely started going, wait a minute. I know, I know if I tune into myself, I know I have a gut reaction. I just haven't trusted it for so long. And that was about, that was about a year ago, just over a year ago. And through that process, I would say over a couple of months, I started developing the idea for my current brand. And it really was, I was building a brand around me, around what I want to say and nobody else's rules. And my message is that anybody has the power to create the life they want. Doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter what your circumstances have been. The day you decide to do something different, you can, and you don't have to follow anybody else's rules. So did you journal as part of your journey to get to where you are? I have tried journaling, and I know it's a very powerful exercise for many people, including many of my clients and including many of my mentors. For me, when I journal as a, as a habit or as a practice, I feel like it's a to-do, and it doesn't work for me. However, when I get inspiration, absolutely, like I have, I don't even know how many notebooks, I have colored pens, I'm, I'm very tactile. So I write about my thoughts, and I just let things flow. But I don't do it um, as a, for example, a morning routine when I start the day. For me, that actually does the opposite of what it does for most people, which is gets them set up, gets them feeling great and, and motivated. For me, it just feels like another task that I have to do. And anytime I feel like there's things I have to do, I get, I get deflated. So I just, (laughs) (laughs) I just try and give my, my morning thing is I just try and appreciate and recognize before I get up and jump up and start doing things for other people. I get up and I just really, I smile. I really smile a lot. That's something that helps change my physiology and and reminds me where I am right now. I'm in the present moment and all these awesome things are going on in my life and for me. You said you jump up. Do you exercise? Do you work out? Do you run? Do you jump around? <laughs> what do you do, Nicole? I dance sometimes. I you dance. dance? I can see I, you doing that. <laughs> I dance in the kitchen a lot. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I – I'm kind of at that, you know, I don't like the word should, but I'm at that point now where my body is getting back to, to health where I'm feeling inspired. So I have been taking walks down to the lake. Um, I just got my bike back. Um, you know, I couldn't walk a year ago. I couldn't walk barely. I couldn't cut through potatoes. Um, I was really quite sick and I started, they started me on uh, medication for lupus And so over the last year, I've been getting my health back and I've been getting stronger, but I'm still not feeling at that point to do rigorous exercise. But I I stretch and, you know, I do dance. And again, it goes to inspiration when I feel like taking a walk, I go take a walk. And do you meditate? Do you have quiet times? Do you just kind of shut down like that? 
Yeah, I do. I don't, again, have a specific uh, time of the day. You know, um, there was there's an app called the Mindfulness Bell, I believe it's called. And I tried that and I've, I've tried other things like that are triggers. And again, they just feel like to do's. So what I love to do is take time. I, I keep my phone ringer off. I will shut down computers. I will get away and just be. I love quiet. And I think it's for me, traditional meditation, I get caught up in doing it right. Mm-hmm. And so I just try and let go of that and just be, and that's where, where I'm the most quiet and I get away from the computer and I get away from the noise from others. And I just sit in a place that I really love being and I feel good. I can quiet my mind and just recharge. So Nicole, you're random, you're spontaneous, you're, you, you know, you just, <laughs> you're just the opposite of what many of the rest of us are, right? You're more like a child than anything else. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's how you speak to me, you know, because you just, you have a lot of energy, but it can't be sort of channeled into some kind of a specific pattern or a specific routine. You just have to be random. Is that what people, is that how people get charged up by you? I'm not sure. To be honest, I've never really thought about that before. And I love how you say I'm just random because it feels like a lot of times that's you can't be just random. But I I am. I love to go with the flow. And I do think that's something that attracts my people to me because most people don't um, don't do well with that. They really need a lot of structure. They need the directions. And but but not everybody. And I find that the people that I attract are the ones who oftentimes, you know, I've, I've got a lot of clients I have with one who's um, talking about ADD. And and so she's been told, oh, you have ADD. And so you have to do this and this and this to counteract that. Mm-hmm. And when she started talking about that and she posted something on Facebook and I, I let her have it and I'm like, this is not true. You're creating this story. If if it doesn't, if you feel when you're sitting down to do this task for your business, like it is difficult, it is hard, and you're doing it because you're supposed to, that's ridiculous. Let's look at what would be easy. So maybe taking that one task and breaking it up into 10-minute chunks instead of one one-hour chunk. And so since we started exploring that um, more, what feels good Um like her whole life has changed. Her relationships have changed, not just her business, everything. And she's like, this is, this is, this is what works, but I didn't know it was like allowed. And I think that's what brings people to me is that, that permission piece to say, there is no right way. You really can make things work for yourself if that's what you want, but it's knowing what you want and then being able to strategize in the best way for you. And so if having you know, a journal and a daily practice and all these things works, that's beautiful and perfect. And I want to support people with that. And if that doesn't work, then I really want to get creative and help people figure out what does work. So Nicole, what connects you to the universe? I'm not sure that there is anything specifically that connects me to the universe. I think we all are part of the universe. I think everything everything and everyone, we're all from the same space. And I easily get disconnected from that knowing 
when I get involved in drama or when I, I start listening to um, external things that are, you know, that I perceive as negative and I get caught up in that, I tune out to the messages of you know, the universe or source or God or whatever. And I think the best thing for me to connect is back to that mindfulness and presence of just being aware and being grateful and being um, really hearing the birds outside singing and hearing the waves crashing and hearing the wind and feeling it and smelling it and touching it and just really being in touch with my senses. That's what keeps me most connected. Right. And it sounds like, you know, going down by the lake and like you say, listening to the birds, that kind of thing really works for you. And and it does, I think, for many people to get somehow connected with whatever connection we need. That's that's the thing. So what do you do if you have a client who just cannot seem to get their act together? I meet them where they're at and, and I have had, in fact, I had this wonderful client. I loved her so much and she had such a big vision and, um, she wasn't ready. She just wasn't ready to do the work with me. And, um, so we had that uncomfortable conversation that it's not, it's not the right fit. It's not the right time. And I point people to other resources that might be more helpful for them, Um, But I don't think you can make anybody get to where you want them to be. And I don't think you can make anybody get to where they say they want to be. Because if they truly want to be there, they're going to take the actions that go along with that. And a lot of times we need people to show us the way and support us in the way. Um, It makes it a lot easier. It makes it a lot more pleasant to get there. But we can't go just from wanting something to having something, there is no magic wand. So I think when people are really ready to take a step, finding the resources that are going to help them take the step they're ready to take is the most important thing. Right. So it's more like just allowing it, just stepping back and allowing what will happen will happen. Yeah. And, and, but, but also I'm big on allowing, but also just that awareness of, it's not just going to happen. You have to take inspired action. You have to find, I mean, you know, I used to work with people in crisis and it's not realistic to expect that somebody who is a drug addict and who is, you know, living on the streets and, and doing things that to survive that most people wouldn't be doing. It's not realistic to think they're going to go, okay, I'm done with this and I don't want to have this life anymore and I want to go and have a family and I want to be happy. It's not just that, okay, you're going to allow that to happen. It's not going to happen because you're in a place where you're not attracting um, the resources that are going to help you. So you've got to start where you're at and look at, okay, so maybe the first step is, how do I get clean, you know, and, and, and just finding resources to help you get to that one step. And then once you're there, then you can look to the next step, but going from A to Z is, it's it just, it doesn't work. And I think that's where a lot of people fail and fail to a point where they don't feel like they can get up again because they're looking to catapult their lives, their businesses, their relationship, whatever, in a way that is so, 
they want to skip so many steps. And yes, you can have anything, but you can't go from A to Z. You have to go from A to B to C to D to E and so on up the alphabet in order to get to the last letter. Right. I want to talk about discipline and boundaries that people people have. Some people feel that they must be disciplined and they must set boundaries and that doesn't really go along with the whole idea of allowing. How do you kind of get those two things to merge, allowing and at the same time having discipline? Well, I think that's a great question. And I think it goes back to that individual person. If they believe they need discipline, then they do. If they believe they need boundaries, then they do. Well, I think we all need boundaries, to be honest. But if they need, um, you know, if they need a structure that at one o'clock, they're going to do this at two o'clock, they're going to do this at three o'clock, they're going to do this. I am happy to support them in that because that's what they believe they need. And and knowing yourself, I think, is the biggest key. Being aware of what works for you, you can build anything around that. You, if if you're somebody that doesn't thrive in structure and you are better off with more of a fluid schedule, awesome. If you're not, awesome. I mean, for me, I'm a bit of both. So, in terms of creativity, in terms of process, in terms of life, I like the go with the flow. But in terms of my business, you know, I, we talked before we started recording for my podcast, I'm, it's June now that we're recording and next month I'll have done 2016 because I structure my business in a way that like Tuesdays is my interview day and sometimes I'll do up to nine in one day and that works for me. You know, I don't usually make appointments before two o'clock in the afternoon because the day, the morning and the early afternoon is for me and then I go and I deal with other people and of course we all know working online Um, You know, like today I have an appointment that goes until 930 at night because I work with people all over. So I give myself boundaries and I say, okay, on these days, at these times, these are the things that I'm going to do. But beyond that, I like to allow whatever comes up to come up and to enjoy and to appreciate. And, you know, yesterday I Yesterday evening, I wound up hanging out with some friends much later than I expected, and I didn't get some things done I wanted to get done for work, but that's okay. I'm cool with that because tomorrow's a new day, and the world's not going to end, and if it does, then I'll be gone, and I won't know any better. So I try and keep things in perspective in that way. Um, But yeah, going back to your original question, I think when you know what works best for you, it's very easy to build a system around that. Well, your podcast, The Business Building Rockstars Show, is just absolutely dynamic. It's just a great show. I highly recommend it. I want to know, Nicole, what have you learned through doing that podcast that has helped you personally with mindfulness? Oh, my gosh. What have I? There's so many things. <laughs> um, one of the things is I, I learned I love it. I love, I've always known I've loved connecting with people, but not like this. I didn't, I I, I thought podcasting would be okay. You know, I thought it would be a tool for my marketing. It would be a way to connect with people that I respected. But I started out 
and I guess this goes back to that structure, right? I started out really trying to be more structured. You and I both learned uh, quite a bit from John Lee Dumas and Kate Erickson. And uh, he's very structured. And I tried that out at the beginning. And what I found was I wasn't showing up. I wasn't being as mindful as I could be and in relationship during the interview with my guests. So I started shedding some of that. And so now my shows are less structured. Um, you really never know what you're going to get. It's it's always a conversation. And the feedback that I get is constantly from people about how they feel like it's so authentic. And a lot of my guests will say, I've, you know, I've been doing interviews for years. I've never shared this with anybody before. And I felt so comfortable sharing it on your show. And I think that that's what the biggest takeaway in relation to mindfulness has been for me is just really going with my gut and really going with what feels right and what feels good. And my guests match and mirror that. Nicole, you talked earlier about some of the challenges you've had in your life. And I'm just wondering what pops into your mind if I ask you, what is the worst bullying experience that happened to you? It's a good question. And you sent me some things before we started. And so I was really thinking about this earlier. And there, there's really no one thing that pops up like from childhood or anything like that. I was definitely picked on. Um, and it was difficult in the moment, but I don't really have any specific memory that stands out. I remember my little brother being picked on. He had cancer and so he was bald and um, he would get made fun of. And that, that has stuck with me far more than any any particular bullying from my childhood i will say though as an adult and working you know in corrections um there's a lot of it that goes on and things that i thought were just you know for kids there's a lot of bullying at least in my workplace there's a lot of bullying of adults and yeah nothing no specific particular thing jumps out just Knowing that you're in a situation where you're not liked and you're being picked on or you're being belittled or you're being disrespected in any way, shape or form, it's it's uncomfortable. And I learned that many times over and I'll continue to learn. I mean, I'm far from perfect, but I, I, I believe that when I feel like that, it's a signal that it's not the right fit or something's going on because – um, I, I love myself and I can't allow those kinds of experiences of when I'm around people that don't love me to allow me to feel bad about myself because it's not about me. It's always about the person who's doing the bullying. And, um, you know, one of my mentors, Wayne Dyer, I was always said, you know, just send love and I've always found that challenging. I always come back to his words and I always think of that, but I find it very challenging to send love to people who are being not nice. Um, but, but what I found that works is just disconnecting and reminding myself again, if you don't mind, it doesn't matter and they'll move on. The people will move on to somebody who does give them a reaction and they get a rise out of and that they can control. 
Yeah, I like that. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. Yes. Nicole, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Wayne Dyer. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? It's helped me stay good and feeling good and grounded. Tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. Oh, I don't have the words. I love to breathe and I love to smell and I love to allow my lungs and my belly to fill up. And the feeling is such a release when, um, when I let that go. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would that be? Hmm. I, Think and Grow Rich, I think, is my all-time all go-to. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? There's the mindfulness bell that I played with, and I think that's really useful. What advice would you give a person who's new to this idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? There's no right way. Try it out. Play with it. And the more you practice, the more, the better you're going to get and the more in sync you're going to get. Nicole, this has really been a lot of fun. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. How can Mindful Tribe learn more about what you do and connect with you? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. And again, thank you, Mindfulness Tribe, for being here today and and letting me share my story. I really appreciate you. If you'd like to continue the conversation, the best way to find me is at bbrshow.com. You'll find uh, about the podcast there, all the free stuff I give away, and all of my social media contact information is there as well, bbrshow.com. That's just great. Thanks again, Nicole. You have a great rest of your day. YouTubers. Okay, bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.